I'm going to just pray and ask the Lord to come. I just want you guys, we're going to continue. It's going to be a pretty mellow day, like calm. I'm not going to shout at you today, okay? <laughs> That's my commitment to you. And I just want you to just kind of ease into this next 20 minutes with me, where we just we continue to invite the Holy Spirit, complete the work that needs to be done in us so that we could carry peace wherever we go, so that peace is stronger it's louder, it's bigger than any other thing that's going on in or around me. That's the goal for today. So Father, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and rest in a, in a greater measure on this, this sanctuary today, this church, this body, this group of people. We ask for your presence, Lord. Um, we ask if we have never experienced your peace in kind of a physical, tangible form, that you let each of us experience that today. Lord, maybe it's not normal for us, but we're asking that your spirit would come in and give us a taste and an introduction to a greater measure of peace today. I think all of us, God, could use an introduction to a higher level of peace. And so, Lord, we invite you to quiet, help us quiet our minds, quiet our hearts, just steady our bodies and our minds so we can hear and take hold of what your spirit is saying this morning. We love you, Jesus. We know that you're the Prince of Peace, and so we just thank you for being here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, look at the person next to you and say, you're peaceful. You're, you're peaceful. I could tell some of you didn't mean it. You don't believe it. But it's good to say it in hope, <laughs> even if you don't mean it. <laughs> some of you husbands told your wives you're peaceful, and you're like, no, you weren't this morning. Like, you weren't, you weren't last night, you were not peaceful, but you may be, you will be. It's good. So I'm going to sit down so I don't yell at you. I'm gonna, we're going to go real slow and calm today, so I'm going to help with the posture and all that. All right, so this is our third sermon. That's, they're all, these three were connected. And so I'm going to give us a quick refresher, but the final theme, today's theme, is the Prince of Peace his authority will grow. It's based out of Isaiah 9, 6. I gave you a taste of that last week. Let's look at the second slide. The first sermon we talked about, week one, the, the sum of it is those with faith fought to enter the promise. Can you guys read that yellow up there? It's an eye test. Yes. No? Yeah, my wife can't. She's got bad eyes. She's got old, old eyes back there. Anybody else having trouble in the back? All right, I'll read it for you. So in the yellow, it says, week one, those with faith fought to enter the promise. Those with faith fought to enter the promise. And we talked about Joshua and the Israelites leaving the wilderness, entering the Canaan, the promised land. And the key scripture, the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. So the story was they had a promise. So God had said, this is yours. But then there was a group that was qualified to enter and achieve the promise because they had faith. But there was a group that wasn't qualified because they didn't have faith. And I just, I, our theme today is, is summing up with peace and rest and having the peace of heaven, the, the rest, the Sabbath of God as a constant in our life. It's really clear in the Bible it's a priority for God for all of his people to have that. In fact, it says that it's ours, but 
there is a process where you actually have to go into it. You have to go after it. You have to believe it's possible, even if you're qualified to have it, even if God has said it's yours. It doesn't mean you're living there today. It can be one thing to understand that I have something. A real simple illustration is like you have a million dollars in the bank. It's yours, but if you never withdraw it, you actually don't get to use it, right? That's, that's very simplistic, but the idea is that Jesus, when he did something for us, and he made a way for us to have access to all the good things that he, he wanted for us, he basically has set it aside and said, now you're qualified to have these things. Endeavor forward, trusting in me, and you will receive and you'll be able to live in these things. And so the first example we get is Joshua and the Israelites, this great big promise where I have this amazing life of inheritance and goodness for all you guys. But you've got to go and believe that as you go, I'll back you up and I'll give you all these things I promised you. And there's all the natural circumstances that said it wouldn't happen, but there was a group that said it would. And so for us, two weeks ago, all of you promised me you believe now, and you think that there is great promise ahead for you, there's peace and joy ahead for you in greater measure, and so the reality of it for all of us is there may be battles we have to fight to fully achieve it, all right? So that was week one. You can go back and listen to the sermon. It was really good two weeks ago. All right, let's go to slide number two. In week two, he said, those with faith, this is yellow, those with faith can enter a superior Sabbath rest. Scripture says in Joshua 21, or it's referring, yeah, Joshua 21, for if Joshua had given, this is Hebrews, ah, sorry on the reference down below, this is Hebrews 8. Uh, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak later about another day. So then a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through such a dis disobedience as theirs. And so we continued the story. We said, hey, there's this big promised land. Some actually disobeyed and, and fell out of God's plan because they didn't believe that that promise was available to them. And they achieved that when they got into Canaan, but... The author of Hebrews says there's even something greater, and that's what Jesus provided for us. It isn't just that we attain this physical status where we, we achieve possession of physical things and material wealth, and we have peace from all of our enemies on every side. There's something greater that's supposed to happen within us, and that's what Jesus allowed for when he came. And so the author of Hebrews says, guys, there's something bigger than just getting the house and the dog and the picket fence, and the peace where you're not physically at war anymore. There's something about God filling you with rest. And the labor, the internal turmoil, isn't just silenced because war has stopped. The internal turmoil is actually connected to your awareness that God is bigger and has everything in control. And you're connected to that God in such a way that there's this this hamster on a wheel that just quietly gets off. He like gets off the wheel inside. He's really small. He gets off and you stop racing, trying to feel reconciled to a big God and you realize I can rest knowing that he knows me and I know him. And, and there, 
there's many forms of peace that I'm experiencing, but there's also wars that I'm experiencing. He's in control. He's big. And so there's a quietness that comes over you knowing that he's bigger. And so that's what Hebrews was pointing to. And it, it's a promise that though your life here may have evidences of peace, you may have evidences of inheritance growing and favor growing, there's still conflict while here because we're a kingdom accomplishing kingdom expansion. And so not to grow weary in that because you're really connected to a God that's bigger and above. And so it's a good story where in the Old Testament we see, hey, there's promise of land and inheritance. In the New Testament we say, hey, there's a bigger inheritance that's actually internal, that transcends this natural inheritance. And so we're all promised those things. And then I'll fast forward to today, our last and final talk on peace in our next slide. And it says, those with faith can know the prince. Those with faith can know the prince. Because I'll, I want you to understand this. You could inherit millions of dollars. You could have, live on an island in the middle of the ocean. It's yours. You're, you're, you're there with you and your family. Now, if your family's there, you'd have not as much peace. So let's just say it's just you by yourself. You have this island by yourself. You wake up every morning and there's like frozen smoothies prepared. And there's, there's good food. And this is just your life. You inside can, can agree that God has done good things for you. But there's constantly a war in the spirit realm so that, that transcends the natural realm to tell you it's not enough and things aren't okay. And so there has to be a, an experience, a relationship that's greater than the natural that brings you into a place of real peace. And this is where Jesus is the whole story. This is the, the point of the story that they were pointing to when Moses was in the tabernacle creating this, this, this pattern of worship where we learn about who Jesus was and what he did to give us access in a, from a place of peace to the Father God. And so for us to inherit peace, to inherit rest, to the degree that no matter where we physically are, whether we're at war in the natural or we're on that tropical island, there has to be a relationship with peace itself. And peace itself is expressed in the person of Jesus. Isaiah calls him the Prince of Peace. He's actually the manifestation, the example of the fullness of what peace is. And so to say that you can achieve peace on earth without Jesus is, is actually a mistake. You might find yourself absent war for a season, absent obvious conflict or conflict that doesn't feel manageable. Maybe that subsides. But peace is actually pointing to something that's deeper. It's, it's when humanity is connected to God from a place of purity where the relationship is working both ways without compromise. So it's reconciliation to a creator. I'm using a lot of big words, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm listening to myself. I'm like, well, there's a lot, a lot of language here. You guys doing okay? All right. Um, we, 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 we're supposed to be best friends with Jesus. God is our Father, 
we're supposed to have a father-son, father-daughter relationship. Jesus introduced us to that concept, and he said, it's possible because of me, so rest, 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 you're reconciled. You're righteous now because you believe in me. So the kingdom is righteousness, which must come first, because what that does is it allows connection back to God. Peace obviously follows because I'm reconciled to my father and I realize he loves me so much. And then once I live in that space of, wow, things are okay. I, I may not make the money I think I need to make to do what culture tells me I need to do, but with or without the money, I feel deep inside of me that it's okay. I'm okay. I'm good. Like, he, he loves me. We're reconciled. We're right. Righteousness has been made available to me through Jesus. And so I see God and he sees me and I see the, the cause for this relationship. It's Jesus who's reconciled. So peace then just comes not from without, although peace from without is good. Sometimes when we come to church, we'll feel his presence and we'll feel at peace. And we'll leave and we'll walk out the door and we'll get in our car and we're like, where did the peace go? <laughs> where did it go? I thought I just had it. I thought I had it. I don't know what happened. You walk into your workplace and you're like, ah, I need the, where's the peace? And so there's a reality that peace can come and settle on us. And the Holy Spirit, who is a manifestation of God, God is not at war up there. He is peace manifested. He could come and rest on us. And we could feel the embrace of Jesus, feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit. And we feel ourselves at peace. But there's a next level that the author of Hebrews was pointing to when he said, you must pursue rest. And he wasn't talking about taking the day off. He was saying rest internally, where this, this core part of who you are realizes, I'm connected to God. He loves me. He's proud of me. He's going to provide for me all I need. He will protect me. He'll care for me. Life or death, I'm in good hands. Rich or poor, I'm in good hands. I don't need to focus on certain achievement in order to be at peace. I don't need to silence all of my enemies in order to be at peace. Peace is actually not from without, it's from within. There's something that the Holy Spirit puts inside of me when I invite him into my heart and then I actually live from a place of belief that this truth that he's put in me is bigger than all the contention I might be in around me. And so we have to find ourselves not just aware that Jesus made way for peace, we have to find ourselves in true belief that he inside of me is the, the root of peace in my life. I can't wait for circumstances to line up. You see, I, I, I'll, just my personal experience of, of, I had an idea that I'd have a family. All right, I had an idea that God had said, I want you to have children, and I want you to have a family. Well, there was this point in my life where I didn't have a family. I had Vince. I was, I was alone with Vince. My name's Vince, if you don't know me. I was in my apartment with Vince, working, doing life, and I was curious about this promise of family. And there was this anxiousness that was in there 
about trying to make my life look like what I thought it was supposed to look like. It was a combination, and, I'll, and you guys know how this works. When you start examining your world, and you do this subconsciously without a lot of intent, and you go, I'm supposed to have a family, I'm supposed to have a job that looks a certain way, I'm supposed to have probably a home that I live in, I'm supposed to be in an area that I'm excited about, I'm, ex I'm supposed to have relationships with friends that feel a certain way. You start to kind of create this internal effort to make these things happen. It's natural, it's normal. I have to improve this relationship with this person so I feel better about the way things are going. I have to improve my, my ability to get better work so I can improve my finances so I can get a little bit better diet than McDonald's because I think that in the long run that'll be counterproductive. I gotta get this thing lined up, I gotta get it right. Well, you start adding up those items. I gave you four, but if we sat down, each of us, and you say, hey, what are, the, what are your priorities in life? Like, what are you concerned about? You could give me like a day of, of explanation, each of you, and it would be real. It would be like very real. You'd say, these are my concerns. Like, not just for right now, but maybe the one, give me two years out, what are your concerns? All right, give me seven years out, what, what might be your concerns? Give me, tell me about a year or two ago, what are your concerns that are still kind of floating? And if I would say, so what are you doing about those? You would, you would have maybe a, an explanation where I've, I'm at rest, I'm not actively doing anything about them. And you'd say, well, I trust God and I'm good. But then I would ask the question, are you at peace knowing that he is in control? And he will get you where you need to go. He will provide for you. He will care for you. And it's not just that you believe kind of in a, in a I've pushed it out of my vision to where I'm not focused on it way. I believe in a sense that I actually have joy when those topics come up because I'm so excited that God will always come through in every circumstance because he always does. So it's not just that I know he's capable and I'm hoping he chooses to act. It's that no, there's a promise over my life. All things work together for good for me because I know and love him. That's different because I'll tell you guys, I know you are like me. And when there's, there's topics in my heart that I don't have fully handed over to God and someone points at that topic, or maybe I get up in the morning and I think about that topic, that hamster who is lounging by the pool jumps up, sprints to the wheel, and just gets going. He's going so fast. And Sophia will go, are you okay? I'll go, oh yeah, I'm good. She's like, are you okay? No, I'm not. Why? Well, there's this topic that's just dominating my insides right now. My insides, my insides, my body, my mind. Like, I don't feel good. And it's just this one topic. I've got all these other topics where it's like, God is in control. Hamster, get to the pool. <laughs> like, go chill out. It's good. And what do we do with that other topic? Usually, we just push it out of our mind. Go away, topic. Go away, hamster. <laughs> and, 
And God actually understands that dynamic inside of us. And so many of us can have five, ten. So many of us can have that friend, that relative. And they're just, they are these vicious hamsters. They are ugly, mean, they've got racing shoes on, they're like prepared, they're muscular. These aren't like cute little hamsters. These are beasts that get on that wheel and dominate you. They're so strong, and you've learned to cope by pushing them out of your purview. Someone brings it up, you shut it down. You bring it up, you shut it down and repent for bringing it up. I'm sorry, God, I shouldn't have thought about that. Like, you have no victory over that topic. You're coping. You're, you're, you're putting boxes up in your heart and saying, I don't have to go there. It's dark and closed up. I don't see it. It's good. Please, no one shine a light on it. And God knows that all about you. He knows the areas that are dominated by, by, by those things. And his invitation to all of us is to eagerly pursue rest. Some of you might miss it, is what he says, because you don't believe he's big enough to actually conquer and bring peace and bring kingdom into that category because the category is beyond your logical abilities to accomplish. You say, well, this, this just could never be reconciled. It could never be good. Therefore, I deserve to feel terrible about it or anxious about it or messed up about it. And that's where God says, okay, if that's what you want, it's yours. Good luck managing that on your own. You're not inviting me from a place of faith to that topic, to that scenario, to that future. His goal for you guys is that you live in absolute peace. It doesn't mean that you don't have wars. It doesn't mean that you don't experience all the emotions. But it means that no matter what the topic is, no matter what the circumstances are, you know that he is big and you're able to invite him into it. And you, you know it not because you've done it five times and then therefore you're numb to those issues and you've seen him reconcile it. You want to get to where no matter what the circumstance is that arrives tomorrow, you are different and the only way to do it is by knowing him the Prince of Peace. If you think that it's your ability, your ability to understand, navigate with wisdom, call scriptures to memory, dominate darkness with your perfect execution of the textbook, you'll quickly find that there's some wrinkle in, in tomorrow's problem that you haven't prepared for. It's like, oh, this is bigger now. If you guys remember when you were like teenagers and all the drama, the hard things you faced as teenagers. Now, some of you may have faced really hard things, but let's assume you're like a, a normal everyday teenager that has like normal teenage, I used to be a principal, and they have problems. And they're very serious problems to them. They're very real. Like they're emotional. They're hard issues. They're C minuses is what they are in science class. And I can't get into this college now. It's this girlfriend broke up with me and now I'm on a rampage with all my teachers and I just can't function in here. You, like all these super serious issues, but you look back on that era of your life, do you kind of smile and go, geez, those were kind of small <laughs> issues. I was kind of weird. Can, you, can we say this about, tell your neighbor you were kind of weird. You were kind of weird. You were kind of weird. 
when you, you were kind of weird. If we could have watched a TV series that just documented your high school years, we would have enjoyed it and we would have said, oh my gosh, this guy's kind of weird. Look at what they're tripping out over. Look how emotional they are in this situation. Look how, how wrapped up they are in this one relationship. Like we fast forwarded 10 years and we're watching it in the rear view mirror and we're like, gosh, you were, you were so affected by such a small thing. And I, I'll tell you, as you get to know Jesus, you realize how small the things are relative to him that you have to face. You see, the problem that we have is we are capable of managing what we're capable of managing, but what God's inviting us to is a life where he, he introduces us to problems, challenges, circumstances that are so much bigger than we're capable of handling that we are invited into calling on him and him working miracles through us. And that's the, that is the threshold that most Christians and believers never cross. They get to a life where it's like, I'd like the blessing and I'd like the life of reconciliation and peace with him, but I'd I don't want to be thrown into an environment where it requires supernatural help because that's too stress-inducing. It's too hard. It's like God saying you should pursue this career knowing that you have limitations. You should pursue this relationship knowing that you're going to have issues if you pursue, pursue it. It's, it's all of the life of faith that, that he invites us into. There's an invitation to leaning into a place of dependence that is so much more significant than we're personally comfortable leaning into. And so I just want, I want you to understand this journey towards rest and true peace requires absolute dependence on his bigness, not yours. And so the answer to all of the world's stress and anxiety, it's Jesus, not knowledge of Jesus, reliance and relationship on Jesus. All right, let's look at a few things really quickly. All right, next slide. All right, this is our, this is our specific topic today, and, and we're, we're on the home stretch here. I just want you to, I want you to engage with me for a moment because this is a topic that is on our entire society, our entire culture. When, when COVID hit, it really was, was highlighted and accelerated. And I don't know that we've ever really fully recovered. And frankly, I don't know that we were whole before that. That was one thing that just pushed us beyond kind of our comfort levels. Anxiety is normal in our culture. It's a normal concept, it's a normal word but it's not a God idea. It's a reality for a lot of people. All of us face it on different levels, but God's intention is for us to be at rest. Sabbath rest requires pursuit. It requires great faith, and this is one of the evidences that we have a ways to go in our culture and in our own lives. So let's read what the, def this is just a definition, two definitions here. Anxiety is a vague, unpleasant emotion akin to worry that is experienced in anticipation of some usually ill-defined misfortune. I think that's a really good definition. All right, number two, an emotional state characterized by tension, worry, nervousness, and fear. 
Next slide. The Bible says in Proverbs, anxiety weighs down the human heart, but a good word cheers it up. Next slide. First Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want you to understand, God is bigger than anything that you could ever face. He's more capable of not just fixing things that are broken, he's capable of actually resurrecting things that are dead. So there's no circumstance in your life that God can't bring his kingdom into. What is his kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. You say, this circumstance, this reality for me, is so big that anytime anything touches or points to it, anxiety is my response, but it's, it's in the rearview mirror or it's in front of me, and I've just been pursuing God on it for years, and I don't know how to get past it, so I just presume that it's my limitation, my personal limitation, that this thing will follow me all the days of my life. If you could get to know Jesus while he were alive, and you were to talk to him about your situation, do you believe that he would be able, not just to get your mind around, oh, this can work for better things, but do you think he could actually change your spirit, your inside, that hamster reflex, to the point where, I have peace about it like real peace, like not even a mind control peace. You guys know, you're like, I should be peaceful. So you're like, peaceful, okay, I'm peaceful now. And it's like, you're not, you know you're not. You're just trying really hard. It's like no effort if it's real. It's real peace. It's like he has covered all my sins. Like they're really covered to the point where you can't see them because they're covered. They're they're not visible anymore. They're gone. Peace. They actually where, tell me about your sin. Oh, that creates so much anxiety in the sinner. If you're if they care about the God life, and you say, talk to me about all your sin choices you're making. Tell me about that. How's it going? Does it feel good? Tell me about it. No, it's gotta be awesome, right? Now talk to me about it. And they're just, oh, that doesn't feel good. It's anxiety-inducing. It's awful. It's terrible. But when you get to a point where you say, Jesus, I want all of this part of my life handed over to you, and I actually am going to endeavor to walk away from it, true freedom from that sin is when it's covered to the point when you look back, you go, oh, yeah, I did deal with that at one point. No, I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm not even... No, I'm so sorry you're dealing with it. Let's, let, God can heal you of that too. But you see how calm I am? Versus, oh yeah, I got some strategies. You can, you can take that on too. Let me tell you how I dealt with it. These are some really good steps. No, there's actually, that's, that's different. That, that war instinct is different from peace. It's different from peace. Now there's progress that can be made in topics. Some things are big. Some t- things take years to fully surrender. And so there's a combination of great trust that a big God can come in and bring peace to me. There's also another peace that's required where you are kind and loving and patient towards yourself 
so that you're not at war with yourself because you're not at peace. Does that make sense? It's kind of a weird one. But you can actually be so mean to you. <laughs> you're on that island with the, the smoothies, and it's just you, and you're sitting there spinning because you're not good enough, and you're not where you'd like to be. And so don't do that. That's counterproductive. So anxiety, is it okay? How many of us have dealt with it? Raise your hand. All right, look around. Look around. Every single person in the room. All right, finally got a relevant sermon topic. I found one. <laughs> nice work. All right. Okay, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. The enemy of your kingdom life would would be successful if anxiety were permanently rooted in the various aspects of your life where God has designed you to lead others into healthy fulfillment. And I think for many of us, the, the areas where we find ourselves susceptible to anxiety, they're areas we're designed to bring deliverance and freedom to other people. There's a war for your soul. There's a war for your kingdom life. God has designed us to carry his name wherever we go. But if we carry his name, it's like I am here on behalf of Jesus Christ who brings righteousness, peace, and joy. Here is his kingdom. Oh, and here, I brought this too. This is a pile of anxiety. <laughs> I'm going to give you both at the same time. And they're going to go, what, what, what? Like you follow who? Jesus? And what does he do? Righteousness, peace, and joy? You are, the, you are carrying anxiety with you. Where every time I'm with you, I leave and I'm like, ah, I got to get, get Stephen off of me. He's anxious. Oh, don't be sad, Katie. <laughs> she said it was not very nice. Oh, all right, note to self, row two, sensitive. All right. all right, let's go right here. Let's go right here. All right, all right, all right. No, 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 we all raised our hand. We all raised our hand. Vince is raising his hand. Because God, in his mercy, continues to introduce me to things that are new. And he's like, I want to give you more opportunities to bring kingdom to more places. You're like, no, no, no. I was really good when I played video games and did nothing but work out and do video games and like taught seventh grade. I have that down. That's what I did for a season of life. And I literally would like teach seventh grade, US history, and I'd, I'd coach sports and I'd play video games and I'd exercise. I have that life down. I could be really good at that life today. Fast forward, he's like, no, 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 no. You, you have more to do. I believe in you and I want you to be a carrier of my kingdom in different ways. I want to keep growing your authority, and I want you to continue to carry my authority into places that need it. So I'm going to introduce you to all kinds of new things, and when I do, it's up to you whether you believe or not. Do you believe that my peace, my righteousness, and my joy work here as well? Do you believe that you can be you in this circumstance that now feels like it's 100% dependent upon you being perfect in order to work, knowing that I'm not perfect, 
and it doesn't really work today, but you've put me here, and apparently you're going to come through. Do I believe it? Do I believe it? Do I believe it? Well, after about six months of trying it on my own, having the hamster just dominate me, I'm like, I realize, because I'm a slow learner, I'm in another situation where I need him to come. I actually need that relationship. Where's the Prince of Peace? Like, where are you? You're not in this workplace, but you sent me here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here. You're in my home. Oh, yeah, I love you. You're here. You're here. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're with these friends over here. Oh, yeah, let's hang out with them. Okay, and then, oh, Sundays are great. I run and start singing. Everyone's happy. Oh, it feels so good. All right, but then I get, go to my assignment at work, and I am just covered in anxiety, fear, worry. And he's like, Mission field, you found it. Do you have, do you carry the same authority there that you've earned in all these other places? Because I'll tell you, you don't even have to go to work. You don't have to go around strange people. You could just go to church and be at home, and there's still a cycle where you have to overcome anxiety. Some of you have inherited anxiety. Your, your wonderful family gave you that gift. They're like, here, let me model Oh, I, there's someone looking at his dad. Uh, let, let me model, let me model anxiety for you. And you're like, oh, this is normal. This is, this is how people function. This is normal. And then you get around Jesus or you get around circumstances and you get around calling that's bigger and bigger and you realize, oh, my normal doesn't work here. I'm actually dying on the inside. <laughs> but I got a good smile. But I'm, I'm dying in here. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to quit this job. I want to get away from these people. I want to get out of here right now because I don't feel good. You go, God, can I get out of here right now? He's like, nope. And you're like, I don't get it. All he'll say is, no, I'm in the right place. But I feel terrible. I feel terrible. You don't have, the, the kingdom has not come there yet because you have to get the Prince of Peace and you've got to go, you don't go without him anywhere and you don't go without the confidence that he's here and he's big enough for conquest in this arena. Maybe it's just for you. Maybe it's just so that you can get that victory, so that you can break through that barrier that has really defined you for a long time. Or maybe it's not just for you, it's for those that are there too. And when they see joy and peace for the first time, when all they've done is like, you know, <laughs> our normal jobs now is just... We had a meeting? Okay. And like, this is so stressful. And like nine hours later, they're like, I gotta go home. Okay, all right, see you tomorrow. This is awesome life, yeah. All right, so it's like they just need to see light and joy and peace. They need to see favor on someone who doesn't carry the opposite of the kingdom with them. And, and God is so eager, but he will never overtake you. He will always follow your invitation. You have to invite him into the different arenas. You have to invite him into your mindset around how to, how to succeed in these different places. And so for us today, I, I just want to wrap up with, with this simple, new expectation for all of us. There is not one category of your life that the kingdom's evidences are not qualified for. If the kingdom's a tree, it has righteousness, peace, and joy on it. You are sent 
into all these places. Once you sign up to say, I want to be your sent one, I want you to take my life. I don't want you just to like get me to heaven. I want you to use me while I'm here. Then you start to believe, okay, he's going to start putting me in situations, circumstances, where his light can shine. His kingdom can be manifest in a way that changes lives around us. And guys, I just want to challenge you. If anxiety is present in an area of your life, it starts with belief that this is not the forever. This is not his design. I'll do whatever it takes. I am going to pursue Sabbath. I'm going to pursue a rest. And what it might just begin with is a mindset that he is bigger than this situation. He's bigger. I want you just to envision Jesus as a friend, not like a five foot eight Jewish friend. So he probably was. Come on. <laughs> That's where I was. I want you to envision Jesus on the throne of heaven and Jesus the creator of the universe. Jesus the active agent in the design of everything that we enjoy. Envision Jesus the overcoming triumphant king and that's the partner that is sending you into certain circumstances. That's the partner who's allowing you to be aware that, hey, there's anxiety here. You guys realize there's, there's seasons of your life where there was grace on you that you never knew that you were subject to certain things. You were anxious to the death. You were terrible. You were the master hamster. But you had no idea. You thought you were great. And everyone was friendly. And you had a bunch of friends that were just like you. And it was like, this is good. This is good. We're all good. We're good. And then all of a sudden, God's grace lifts. And he's like, hey, I just want to show you there's a better version of life that's available to you. And you go, whoa, I was that way forever. <laughs> oh, man. And that's where I just want, I want to invite you guys into this, this opportunity where you say, there's, there is a life where I'm so present with Jesus, so close to the Prince of Peace, there's not one anxiety that will stand. There's not one anxiety that will stand. Now, one may come, I may be challenged, but I, with this huge overcoming king, can stand knowing that I don't care how big this enemy I face feels or is, this Goliath, this mountain, this thing, it's Jesus who has always, not just for me, but for all of my heroes before me, but it's Jesus that causes us to overcome. I can rest in the face of this enemy. And you say, well, it's been here a long time. Well, today we can change our hope. And we can say, Jesus, you're coming. And whatever it takes, I want to invite you to begin me on a path to get this thing once and for all out of my life. I will not be dominated by anxiety or fear anymore. The last slide, it says that the God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Yes, fear is connected to anxiety. Those are, that's, that's a family. You, you, I think some of us would like to say, no, 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 anxiety's different, it's not a big deal. It is a ugly little brother to fear. It is a nasty relative that if anxiety slips in, fear, that word, that bigger word, that's like, it's a, it's a bigger, meaner, uglier thing. It's all one family. 
We can't have tolerance for any of that family in our life. We have, we have righteousness, peace, and joy. We have Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He is our family. And so we want to begin to invite him anytime anxiety is there. Accountability is a beautiful thing. If you have friends, family that live with you, you don't attack one another. This is one of my, my fun little tips. When anxiety shows up in our home, sometimes our instinct is to attack <laughs> the source of that anxiety. That's why I get after Sophia with the most gentle of voice. Like, you, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like that, right? But that's what comes out. That's what comes out at times when you're face to face with something that is contrary to the kingdom of God. And you have to be loving and kind, but you have to be honest. And see, we don't hate, right? I did, I did a sweet little hate voice, but what it looks like is like, I am against you because you're bringing anxiety into my home. And she'd say, I am against you because I feel the anxiety you're carrying. And what's more important is, hey, there's anxiety here. There's a spirit that's contrary. There's a spirit of fear, spirit of anxiety. We have the spirit of God. Let's get together in love and counter the spirit of anxiety that's trying to have a permanent place in our kingdom. He's given us this area. This is ours. And so we have to take ground we can't tolerate, but we do it with love. What casts out all fear? Perfect love casts out all fear. So love yourself, love Jesus, love one another. Don't tolerate anxiety. And I really, I believe, guys, if we're intentional towards this, we're intentional towards this. This is not a condemning message. Every single person in this room raise their hand. It is a constant barrage in this region. You are constantly facing different levels of anxiety over different things. You're not alone. Love yourself. Invite Jesus, the king, the overcoming king, with great honesty. Hey, Jesus, there's something in me that is like wrestling on my own with this topic. I'm anxious. I'm afraid. I, I don't know why. Come in. Teach me how to, to be at ease and at rest in the face of this assault. It could be shouting right here in your face, but Jesus will not allow it to touch you. The difference is, if it's shouting in your face, do you, do you react and embody and, and engage with that anxiousness? And does it become you because you agree? Or are you saying, no, I don't agree. The kingdom is what's in me. I could talk for hours. I just want to, I'm going to stop, but I want you guys just to think, hey, I'm going to make progress in this area. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver good news to myself every single day. Anxiety messes with the heart, but a good word makes it better. You guys got that one earlier. I'm going to deliver good news to myself every day. Like, you are not going to be subject to this for, for much longer. Like, it has met its match. The King Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is getting invited into this conversation. It's not just going to be me and you anxiety anymore. It's going to be me and Jesus, and you can try to talk to us. See how that goes. It's going to be different. All right. I want you to do this. I want you to stand up. I want you to lift your hands just like this. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to envision the main topics of anxiety in your life 
and I just want you to see yourself handing them over to Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to kind of pray a prayer with me. I'm, we're surrendering the, the right to be anxious. We don't have that right. That is not something that God has designed for us to do. Um, Bible says, do not fear. So it's like a command. We should not fear. So in some instances, we need to repent for agreeing with anxiety and fear. We need to say sorry that we have said this is okay. And so, Father, we, just, we hold these, these areas of our life that you are so excited about. These are opportunities, God, for you to show yourself strong. You are a strong and mighty king. Jesus, you're the prince of peace. You're actually Lord over everything. The earth is your footstool. You are big and mighty and wonderful. And so, Jesus, with a great smile on your face, we invite you, the Prince of Peace. Peaceful people smile a lot, by the way. We invite the Prince of Peace to come take these topics, these people, these situations, these histories. We just want you to take them out of our hands and put them into your care. And God, we commit to trusting you. We, like the Israelites, want to have faith that you will help us conquer every area of anxiety and fear. There is no circumstance that is too big for you. You have promised us righteousness, peace, and joy. So God, we surrender our right to be, being anxious. We surrender agreement with anxiety. And we vow to fight against anxiety and reach higher and higher towards your promises of peace. That's good. That's good. All right. Guys, it, it's, it's faith that he is big enough to carry you through anything. He's big enough to fix whatever it is as a source. It's your faith that activates him to come help with these things. You've tried. He's really proud of you for trying. He's not disappointed in you at all. But he, he's asking for greater hope and greater faith that he'll come through. Never ever in your heart agree this is worth worrying about. Nothing is worth worrying about. It is a place of authority that he wants to bring you to so he can give you much bigger things. He's proud to invest in you, and so we're proud of you. We love you. God bless you. If you want prayer, we've got a team that would love to pray for you. There's nothing that you should ever um, carry on your own. You're not designed to do that. If you need prayer for something physical, emotional, any of those things, we have to go to one another in prayer, and, and, and that is the primary spot for us to cast our cares on him. And sometimes doing it with somebody else is really powerful. So we love you. Thank you so much for being peaceful today. God bless you.